Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. That shit crazy. On a Saturday. Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on Podbeam, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer. I'm all over the place, man. And trust me, go to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, like, share, and comment because the page is growing, baby. That All Even Wave. Get on that wave. I try to tell y'all, don't get left behind. Also, if you want to become a patron, go to my Patreon page on Podbeam, patreon.podbeam.com slash allevenpodcast. I'll appreciate it. We got to keep this wave going. Lots to get into. All NBA today. We got the Lakers. They're eliminated out of the playoffs. I'm miserable because of that. Where do they go from here? The Knicks the same way. Are they going to be able to retool? Are they looking in the market for a disgruntled superstar? Mavs and Clippers are going to seven. Dame situation in Portland may be a little murky, maybe not. Coaches mutually parting ways with their teams. Boston Celtics situation. And then the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. So let's just jump right into it. On a hot, hot New York day, the Knicks find themselves home. They're not in the playoffs anymore. They got beat by the Atlanta Hawks. So now there's a lot of things for them to discuss about their future. Are they going to be able to get a big-time free agent? One, is this roster good enough to compete next season as is or does it need a shakeup and are they going to be in the trade market for a quote-unquote disgruntled superstar it's a lot of questions for the Knicks so let's discuss the roster first the roster right now definitely feels incomplete Mitchell Robinson had an injury plague season Nerlens Noel played well but Nerlens has never been a starting center type of guy. He locked a lot of minutes this year that he didn't expect. Obi Toppin is a rookie, so he has to go through the growing pains. We all know Kevin Knox is Kevin Knox is as good as gone. How does that draft look now in regards to seeing Michael Porter Jr. doing what he's doing? I'm sure Nick fans are sick about that. Frank Nilakina. Gone, he, he'll be 
in China somewhere probably in the next couple years. Derrick Rose is a free agent. So there's a lot of question marks that they have. Who are the keepers to me? I think Nerlens Noel earned another shot here in New York. If he gets an offer from another team for big money, kudos to him, shouts to him. Go after the bag. But I like what he brought to this team this year. Taj Gibson, Taj Gibson is like, what is he, 33, 34, but he looks like he's 45. He's one of Tom's favorite guys to, to, to play. Does he have a role in this team next season? I don't really see that. I think they can be able to upgrade there. Kevin Knox, same situation. I believe that it's time for them to move on from him. Whatever they can be able to get for him, it's time to just move on from him. Frank Nilakina, the same thing. Derrick Rose, I can see if they want to bring back Derrick Rose. I don't, I don't really have a problem with them bringing back Derrick Rose. I think Derrick Rose fits well in Tom's scheme. I think he understands exactly what is asked of him in this offense. So I can see the Knicks bringing him back, but at what price? $12 million a year? Okay. But I would feel more comfortable if they settle in the seven and a half range. Is it possible? Absolutely not, because some team is going to see how Derrick Rose performed and overpay. Free agency is always about overpaying. But I do see that he can be able to get back on this team. Alfred Payton, no. <laughs> no. I don't think any Nick fan wants Alfred Payton back on this team. I don't think anybody on the coaching staff wants Alfred Payton on this team. So, no. Emmanuel quickly, he has time to grow. Obviously, he's a rookie as well. So, there's a lot of pieces. Alec Burks, what's going to happen with him? So, if I'm going to say, does this team need to upgrade from the roster that they have? Absolutely, they do. I think that if they were to come back with this team next season, they wouldn't be as good because they're not shocking anybody anymore. Everybody would look at the Knicks and say, okay, yeah, I remember y'all from last season. Y'all a team that plays physical and want to get up in your face and talk smack and all that. Yeah, I remember y'all. I've been circling this particular game on the calendar since the schedule got released. I, yeah, I, I got this one pegged. So the Knicks can't come back like this after what we've seen from Julius Randle. Good player. Improved well. Hey, most improved. Shouts to Julius Randle. He's just not a number one. And he's damn sure not a number two. Julius Randle is a good, very, very good number three. So where does that lead the Knicks? That means that they now have to seek elsewhere via free agency, via the trade market. What are some realistic targets for them to go after? If Kwai hits the open market, you can forget about that. I don't see Kwai coming to New York. I really don't. DeRozan may be a shot. It all depends on what the contract looks like for him, but I can see DeRozan being a nice piece for the Knicks. Got to bring in some veteran help. Kyle Lowry, you need a point guard. So I would definitely take a chance with him because in regards to how NBA rosters, successful NBA rosters look, you need to have a combination of young and old. You have to have some veterans that have playoff experience 
as well as that young, vibrant energy. If you have an old team, it's not going to work. If you have an all-young team, that's not going to work either. So you need that nice blend of veteran and youth. So those two guys as an option are very good in regards to Lowry and DeRozan. Kawhi Leonard is a, is a pipe dream. Is it possible? Anything is possible. But for right now, it's a pipe dream. Another strong candidate in regards to point guard veteran leadership, Mike Conley. Mike Conley's a good fit. Yeah, he's not durable, but he's a good fit at the right price. Obviously, you're not going to go get Mike Conley and give him $30 million a season. No. But if you can be able to get a reasonable deal for Mike Conley, that leadership matters. That leadership counts. That toughness at your point guard position matters. I like those moves. For the trade market, you know, there's, there's different combos, there's different scenarios that you can be able to look at. Do they need a traditional power forward? Do they need a stretch forward? Maybe they can go get a guy like Miles Turner. Maybe a Bradley Beal. We've heard that, you know, he's not too candid about his future right now. He's keeping it a little close to the vest. He doesn't want to speak about it, and that's fine. So that's going to lead to speculation. But whoever is the disgruntled superstar that wants to get out of their current situation, Knicks need to be in on all of them. All of them. It doesn't matter who it is. They have to be active in the trade market. They have to be active, very, very active. This team is developing. They're looking good. They're going through the right maturation process for a young team. You have to go through these bumps to get to where you want to be. But now it's time for them to strike while the iron's hot. Don't rest on your laurels and say, yeah, we can be able to run it back with these guys. You don't have that type of roster to, quote-unquote, run it back. Just don't. So they have to be extremely, extremely active. I would also like the Knicks to address their outside shooting. I do believe that they need to improve on that. They have to get better outside shooting. Listen, they hit some threes this year. They hit a lot of threes this year, and they hit it at a very respectful clip. But they're not really good three-point shooters. You got to get some legit guys that know how to hit the three ball, play defense, and know exactly what their roles are. So there's a lot of question marks. There's a lot of things that the Knicks have to attack. But all in all, it was a successful season in my opinion. A lot of Knicks fans are are miserable. But there's also a great deal of the Knicks fan base that they're very appreciative of what they saw. They enjoyed the ride. They enjoyed the fact that their team was in the playoffs. They were like, listen, we didn't expect them to be here. And the fact that they got here and they actually won a playoff game, you know, I, I'm okay with that. I'm not mad. I'm not sad. I'm optimistic of what our future is. And listen, kudos to Knicks fans. I always jab Knicks fans, but the ones that are the rational Knicks fans, I like those. The irrational ones, not so much. The ones that, you know, just do nonsense. They spit on people. They chant Brooklyn. They uh, just violent for no reason. What's wrong with y'all? Your team hasn't won in 48 years. 48 years. 
So what do y'all have to be so arrogant about? Rep your team and keep it moving. You don't have banners like that. You don't have championships. You don't have a winning culture. Just be like the rational Nick fans that understand the process. Don't get crazy. Act like you've been here before. Because that's how things will change. I'm rooting for y'all. I'm, I'm rooting for the Knicks. I want to see the Knicks do well. I really do. So let's see what type of offseason the Knicks have because it's going to be a hot summer for a lot, a lot of NBA teams. Moving on, moving on to something that I really don't want to talk about, but I have to. The fact that I'm living in the twilight zone, the fact that I haven't gotten much sleep. I've been very irritable and hard to be around. The Los Angeles Lakers get bounced out of the playoffs in six games. Devin Booker, 47 points. He was phenomenal in Staples. He looked like Kobe Bryant that night. And there's nothing bad I can say about Devin Booker. There's nothing bad I can say about the Phoenix Suns. I love Monty Williams. Oh, probably one bad thing I can say about the Phoenix Suns. Jay Crowder. Jay, Jay Crowder is the only bad thing that I can say about the Phoenix Suns. I, I can't stand Jay Crowder. But what do we see from the Lakers in Game 6? We saw a team that came out sluggish again in Game 6. Didn't look prepared. But I'd like to dive a little deeper into things. See, here's my problem with what happened in game six with the Lakers, is that I commend Anthony Davis for wanting to play. You know, I don't know what quackadoo witch doctor cleared him to play, but I respect the fact that he wanted to play. But here's the thing. As a head coach, you know that your guy has a severe sprain you are going to allow him to be in the starting lineup? Wouldn't it have made sense to have Anthony Davis come off the bench, let him get some additional work on that sideline, ride the bike or get some heat treatment or something, and then when he's ready to go to see if he can be able to go, if he can't go, then that's what it is. There's no letdown for the rest of your team. But when you give your team hope that you, your best player or your second best player or your 1A or 1B or whatever it is is in the starting lineup and you see him there physically and then he leaves for the same injury that he suffered, there's going to be a natural letdown. And what happened in that game is exactly that. Anthony Davis goes down, there's a severe letdown on that sideline. They literally give the Phoenix Suns 20 points. Out the gate, just take 20 points. So for them to be able to work themselves back into the game, hell, they cut it to 10 in the second half. They played well. But when you are playing behind from such a deficit, it's hard to really come all the way back and win that game. So I'm glad that they made it respectful. I'm glad that they actually didn't get blown out by 35. They lost by 13. But I have huge questions. 
I have a lot of questions. The first question that I would have is for Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel's rotations this year have been awful. Now, granted, a lot of injuries. KCP, LeBron, AD, Kuzma, Caruso, a lot of guys in and out of the lineup. I understand. However, in the playoffs, you have to go to your best guys. You can't have your best guys not playing. And for Montrez Harrell to not have an impact in this series, whether it's good or bad, bothers me. We've seen enough of Kyle Kuzma to know what he is. But yet he was continuously put out there, put into situations to fail. He failed and he was put back into the game to fail more. While Harold's on the bench, twiddling his thumbs, saying the right things, not getting an opportunity to show exactly what he can do to help this team. His infatuation with Marcus Gasol, his infatuation with letting Dennis Schroeder dribble into double teams, not having a great offensive plan since he got here. He's not a great offensive coach. He's never been. Great defensive mind, not a great offensive coach. And you saw the struggles all year. You saw the bad rotations all year. So what to do? Do you keep Vogel because he still has another year left in his deal? How do I feel about Frank Vogel? I'm about, I'm on like a three. I feel good about a three out of ten. Because there's too many question marks with him. If the superstars are not well, they're not healthy, this is what I can expect. Newsflash, we have a 36-year-old aging superstar and we have a 28-year-old injury-prone star. So what we're looking at may be a repeat of what we saw this year. That's my issue. Is that he's always been questionable with his rotations. So in order to fix it, you have to remove him. And if Palinka doesn't want to remove him, okay. Then make sure that you surround him with a staff that knows exactly what they have to do. Offensively. That can be able to help him with his rotations. Because what we're seeing right now isn't good. Harrell can be able to opt out of his contract. And with his experience that he had this year with this team and this coach, how can we get him back? Rob Palenka is really going to have to do some brown nosing to get him to come back. Because the Lakers are way over the threshold way over the cap, keeping him is very, very necessary because you can't replace a guy like that. You don't have the money. That's the problem. My next issue is going to be Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder, in his exit interview, said that he wants to come back. He wants to run it back. You know, Lakers Nation deserves better. They deserve a, 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 a team that is healthy, 
that's all there to see what we can be able to do. All of that is cool. But here's my only issue with that. Dennis Schroeder, in my eyes and the eyes of many, except Rob and Frank, he is not a starting point guard on a championship level team. But yet, he decides that he wants to come back after not signing the deal and, oh, you know, it was never about the money. Is a Then why don't you just sign it? Do you honestly believe that the Lakers are going to give you more after what they saw in the playoffs? A player that was so inconsistent that you didn't know what to expect out of him. For him to go scoreless in game five of an important series, the most important game in the series, the swing game, 0 for 9, no points. That's what you get. And this is a guy that's talking about, oh, it's not about the money. You're damn straight. It should not be about the money because that $84 million that was on the table, you can forget that. And my other issue with him is not even with him because he doesn't make the decisions. It's with Frank. The fact that Vogel decided to start this guy this season instead of having him come off the bench as a six-man with Harrell wouldn't that have made more sense to put Wesley Matthews in the starting lineup to give him that rhythm because he's always been used to being a starting shooting guard, a 3 and D type of guy, and now you have Dennis Schroeder that can be able to change the pace of the game to be able to have the green light offensively with that second unit? No, 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 no. We're going to insert him into the starting lineup. The Lakers won a championship with LeBron James at point guard. Why would you switch it up? Why? It just doesn't make sense. So if he really wants to win, if he really cares about running it back, he would do exactly what's needed and be a six-man for this team, not a starter. Because if it was me, if I was Rob Palenka, I'd go get me a real starting point guard and have Schroeder backing him up. That's how it should be. Or I just let LeBron James be point guard. How about that? You won a championship with that. It's not rocket science. My other issue, and I spoke about it briefly in the beginning, Kyle Kuzma. I have never seen a guy that his basketball IQ is being questioned by everyone. There's not a little community or it's not split in half where people are like, oh, you know, Kyle Kuzma, he definitely makes some heady plays and this and that. And, you know, we, we like him. Everybody says that Kyle Kuzma has regressed and fallen off of a cliff in regards to his basketball IQ. But my thing is this. Did he ever have any to begin with? You see, the thing is, when you have a great rookie season, the expectations for you, they rise. Everybody's expecting you to be better than that, to do better than that, to have that, that year two jump. Well, guess what? Kuzma never had one. So that always will tell me how a player is developing. 
His three-point percentage in year two dropped off a cliff. All of his other numbers, you know, his points ticked up a bit, rebounds and stuff, a free throw percentage. So I'm not going to completely kill him stats-wise, but watching him on the court, no IQ. No IQ. But it got to the point where people were saying that Kyle Kuzma was better than Brandon Ingram, that the Lakers had to keep Kyle Kuzma. They had to keep him. They couldn't put him in that deal. They had to keep Kyle Kuzma. The Pelicans fleeced them. Oh, okay, cool. You, you want to keep Kyle? All right, we'll, we'll take Brandon. Give us Brandon. Uh, you know, well, all right. We really wanted Kyle, but we'll take Brandon. They really wanted Brandon. Let's keep it a buck. They understood what they were seeing. A kid that came out of Utah, wasn't a great defender. Made himself into an NBA prospect. Kudos to him. Respect. But he's hit the wall. He's not going to get any better than what you're seeing now. The mistakes that he makes. He threw an alley-oop or a pass to LeBron James in game six. And LeBron just looked at him like, what was that? To play with guys like that is very, very frustrating. So Kyle Kuzma, he got to go. Got to go. Whatever they can be able to get for him, duffel bag with some basketball stance socks in there, warm-up jacket, whatever it is, it's time to go. Can't be on the roster next season. Just can't. He is a liability, not an asset. And in business, when you have more liabilities than you have assets, you're doing something wrong. The last person I'd like to address is Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, to me, is who he is. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. We saw a lot of Dr. Jekyll last season. Saw a lot of Mr. Hyde this season. Don't know exactly what we're going to get. Injury prone. He's not in the lineup. He had, he had this aura about him that it's like, oh, well, you know, I don't have to prove nothing to know. Yes, you do. You have a lot to prove. One championship in Los Angeles does not make you whole. So I don't know who's feeding you that information, what articles you're reading, what tea leaves you're reading. It does not make you a king. It just doesn't. You still have a lot to prove in purple and gold. And what I saw out of Anthony Davis was extremely disappointing. Not only from a leadership standpoint, but from a health standpoint. At what point do you look at your trainer, you look at your training staff and say, what's up? We got to do something different, whether it's his diet, whether it's how he's training, whether it's if he's using too much weights, if he's not using enough. Something has to change. Charles Barkley said it best after the game. Between 22 and 32, you're supposed to be invincible. You're not supposed to have any major injuries. It just, you're not supposed to have them. If they do happen, okay, cool. But you can be able to rebound from that. Why? Because you're young. After age 32, Things start to slow down. There's, there's, there's wear and tear on those tires. You've played a lot of games, locked a lot of minutes. Great. Things start to, your body's different. 
your mid-30s. But he is literally, scientifically, in his prime as a man. And yet he's as fragile as anything out there. Mr. Glass. It got so bad for Mr. Glass that he couldn't leave the wheelchair. He's broken every bone in his body multiple times throughout his life. That's how he is. It just... I don't know, I don't understand it. And because of that, I can't trust him. I can't trust a guy that's making that much money, but he's not there to earn that money on the court. Because at the end of the day, LeBron James is 36 years old. The plan was to have Anthony Davis take over. Him be the leading scorer, the dog, the alpha dog. While LeBron James slowly transitions into that role-playing point guard that can be able to give you those bursts of magic whenever needed. But not over a long stretch. Especially not in a 48-minute game. What you saw out of LeBron James in Game 6 was fatigue. As well as injury. As well as age. This was not the plan. So Anthony Davis needs to realize that for 27, 28 years of how he was preparing and getting ready, getting his body ready for games, all of that needs to change. Go call Tom Brady's trainer. Work with him. Go call LeBron James and get into those hyperbaric chambers. Call him. Call everybody that has longevity in this game. Call them, get tips, get advice, but what you're doing is not working. And Laker fans, Laker Nation, they continue to see this, will turn on you. And if you feel that you have nothing to prove, well, guess what? You're wrong. You're extremely, extremely wrong. Now, how can this roster get better? How can they improve with the little resources they have financially. Well, you can be able to re-sign Wesley Matthews for the vet men. I would re-sign Marquis for the vet men. They're bench guys, they're depth guys, they're role guys. They understand their role. You need guys like that on the back end. I would let Kuzma walk. Trade Kuzma, see what you can be able to get. You're not going to get much, but at least you can be able to get some flexibility or some draft capital, second round pick or so, where you can be able to go get yourself a young player because you need some infusion of young talent here. KCP, KCP can stay. I think KCP has finally um, found his, his niche on this team, found how he can be effective. He was a great knockdown shooter in regards to three-pointers this year, 41%. Got hurt in the playoffs, and that really affected how the Lakers played defense the last three games of the series. So, I like that. Alex Caruso, I love, I love Alex Caruso. Shouts to Alex Caruso. Really made himself into an NBA player. All the respect in the world. But I think it's time to let Alex go get the bag somewhere else. If a team is coming in and they're offering Alex Caruso $12 million, go take it. Go take it and earn, you know, earn your money and have your career somewhere else. You got your championship with, with the Lakers. Lakers Nation will always respect you, but I think it's time to move on from Alice Caruso. 
I also feel that it's time to move on from Dennis Schroeder. I just don't believe in paying a guy like that that much money. Now, if he's willing to take $15 million, you know, a three-year contract worth $45 million, that's fine. But anything over that is concerning for me. And also, too, it has to come with the understanding that he's coming off the bench. I do not want to see Dennis Schroeder in the starting lineup next year. I, I just, I'm getting a headache over it right now. No, 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 that can't happen, no. So how can they be able to improve this team? Kyle Lowry is a free agent. Kyle Lowry is going to want to win. There's going to be a lot, a lot of suitors for Kyle Lowry. So he has, he's going to have his pick on where he wants to go. If the Lakers can be able to get a Kyle Lowry for, you know, the taxpayer's exemption for a one-year deal or two-year deal, that's the move to make because at least you know you have a dog at your point guard position. Veteran guy, knows how to win, can shoot the three, play defense, scrappy, has great basketball IQ, great awareness. That's the guy to go get. You need shooting. The Lakers are one of the worst shooting teams in all the league this year. So they have to get outside shooting. So the trade market for them is going to be very, very important. But I just believe that this, this Laker team is going to be extremely different next year. I've heard that they want to run it back, have the same guys, maybe, you know, maybe two or three different guys, but the same core unit. I just believe that they need an entire revamp. They need to get rid of Marc Gasol. You know, how do I feel about Drummond? For the right price, I think Drummond can be an asset. But if he wants to walk, that's fine as well. You can be able to go get yourself rim runners. Hell, I'll take Nerlens Noel over Marc Gasol. I'll take Nerlens Noel over a lot of guys. So there's a lot of different moves that I need Rob to make. They need to go back to what won them the title a season ago. Rim protection. Rebounding. You don't think those bigs are missed? Dwight Howard is still in the playoffs. JaVale McGee is still in the playoffs. I understood what Rob was trying to do in theory, but it failed. It failed because of the injuries. Now, the superstars would have still would have been able to mask those deficiencies that the team had because that's what superstars do. But once those superstars are compromised, you see all the flaws come to the surface, all of them. And that's exactly what we saw. We saw a team that did not have the ability to hit shots. We saw a team that went on long stretches without scoring. We saw a team that just gave up. They just didn't have any fight left. Can't have that again. Can't have that again. So I'm expecting huge changes from the Lakers this offseason. I'm expecting Rob Palenka to be very aggressive in the trade market because if Kyle Kuzma is still on this roster next season, I may have to find a new team. I may have to find a new team because I can't go through that stress. I can't go through that type of pain to see Kyle Kuzma in a Lakers uniform in another season. I can't do it. Nope, can't do it. He'll definitely be a star. He'll definitely be a star. In China. Coming up after the break, more NBA stuff. What's going on with the Blazers? 
The Boston Celtics are in revamp mode completely on a Saturday. It's all leaving. Yo, it's your man DJ G Money from that Flip the Script podcast. Yeah, yeah, we in the studio right now. Flip shut up. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> listen. Shout out to the Old Even podcast. My oh, man Barry oh, Grant Jr. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's up, man? What happened? What you, what you, what you want to say to people? Shout out to somebody else's podcast? Yeah, don't make it to join. What's up? Oh, even. Oh, even podcast. Yo, it ain't even up here, boy. <laughs> we put this guy. What's up, man? Oh, even. Yo, you. Oh, my God. What's up with you, man? Now, you got well, that's a shout out. You're keeping this? Yeah, keep all that. <laughs> you want to jump all in the camera? Even podcast, right? Yeah, all even. All even podcast, right? All even. That's your man. My man. All right, shout out to all even podcast. He cool. Let me see. And the Clippers fight off elimination. Kawhi Leonard goes nuts. Dallas completely just poops the bed. And now it's a game seven, like I predicted. I knew that this was going to happen. It's been a home series, the entire series. Nobody can win a home game. It's ridiculous. So if the Clippers are home... We can say that Dallas is going to win, right? Because no team has won a home game. Shouts to the Clippers, though, for staying alive. Like I said, uh, show's real toughness, real grit. But I personally think that the show is over. Dallas will win game seven. They will advance. They will play the Utah Jazz. And that will be a compelling series. Maybe a little. I'm not sure who I actually want to take yet if that's the series. Um, but we'll see. We'll definitely see. But I'm really, really, um, I'm confident that Dallas will win game seven. But what I want to talk about real quick is Porzingis. Kristaps Porzingis was the story of last year's playoffs in the first round. All because he wasn't there. And everybody is saying, oh, man, if Porzingis was there, how much better Dallas would be. And they would kick the Clippers ass and all that stuff. And. That was the that was the, the the talk. So now this year we get the rematch. Porzingis is here, and Porzingis is not doing anything. And shouts to my man Zach. You know, me and him had a conversation earlier, and Porzingis might be a 7-3 Kyle Kuzma. That's basically what, what he's playing like. It's like the guy is not being aggressive, he's taking bad shots. The basketball IQ is just not there. He is completely ineffective. For a guy that big, that skilled, it just doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. So I don't know if Luka is going to be able to have a guy, a 7-3 partner beside him in Game 7. If he shrank in Game 6, what are you supposed to expect in Game 7? What? Uh, Nothing. So I think if Dallas kind of tapers their expectation for him. And if he gives you a big, phenomenal game, hey, great. But don't bank on it. And that guy's career has just completely gone off the rails. I'm sure that Nick fans are like, hey, you know that trade for Porzingis? Not so bad. Not so bad now. But (laughs) I'm telling you, man, it's going to be very, very compelling to see what happens in the Game 7 situation. 
What is Paul George going to give you? Is Kawhi Leonard going to be able to step up in a Game 7? Game 6 is something else. Listen, shouts to him. Had a great game. But Game 7, this is, this is where legends are made. So let's see exactly what they have. Is Luka going to continue to wow us and write his own ticket here? Or are the Clippers going to get over this hump and possibly find themselves into the NBA Finals this year? What are we going to see? It's going to be captivating stuff. I can't wait to see it. Can't wait. In other news, Portland gets eliminated by Denver. And Dame Lillard posted a cryptic Instagram post. You know, Nipsey Hussle lyrics about how long can you stay loyal and all of this other stuff. And it has people thinking. Now, it could be just a quick reaction after the game. Emotions are high. But do we actually think that Dame wants out? I don't think so. I I don't think that Dame wants to leave. I think if things don't turn around the way he wants it to in Portland in regards to getting the coach that he wants or trying their best to try to get another superstar next to him because all the other teams have superstars, and he doesn't. So I think he wants to give Portland a chance to do so. If they don't do so, all bets are off. All bets are off. But it may end up being sort of like that KG situation, right? Garnett stayed with Minnesota way too long. He was way too loyal to that franchise. And got to Boston a little too late. Now, he won a championship, but he could have probably won two titles with Boston, three titles with Boston had he decided to leave earlier. So, you know, sometimes being loyal to your organization doesn't really pan out if you have bigger aspirations of winning titles and stuff like that. Like If you want to just stay here because they drafted you, they gave you a chance, when nobody else would, I understand that as well. But if you have different aspirations, if you want to compete for championships and your team is not at that level, you have to do what you got to do at the end of the day. So hypothetically, if Dame requests for a trade because he has a no trade clause, where would he go? Well, I think that Boston would be a great destination for him. I think Miami with their winning culture over there, I think that would be a great destination for him. I think the Knicks, I think the Knicks would be a great destination for him. Shouts to Gabby. She she was on this show and she uh she put that out there. And I think the Lakers, you know, shot in the dark. If he says, listen, I only want to go to the Lakers, I'm not negotiating with anybody else, and I have a no trade clause, then Portland doesn't really have an option. They have to negotiate with the Lakers. So that's that's the whole situation. It's all about what Dane wants. If he wants out, he's going to pick exactly where he wants to go. If he doesn't, then they're going to go ahead and work on it. So we'll, we'll see exactly what happens with that. But Terry Stotts, Terry Stotts ends up parting ways with the organization. After nine seasons, you know, they made the playoffs a bunch of times, made the Western Conference Finals against the Warriors. You know, but they were never considered a championship-level team. And it's time for them to 
maybe get a guy that can be able to get them over the hump. So there's rumors swirling around that Jason Kidd, Chauncey Billups, and a you know some other guys are the leading candidates. And Dame came out and was very candid in regards to who he wanted. He wants Jason Kidd. He wants Jason Kidd to be their coach. He wants Jason Kidd to lead this team because Jason Kidd, with his respect around the league and his cachet, could possibly be able to convince another star to come aboard and join the Portland Trailblazers. So I understand where Dame is going with this. Now, can Kidd deliver? Can he be the coach that they need? I think he can. I think Jason Kidd is a very underrated coach. I remember when he was with Brooklyn with the old bunch. They got to the playoffs, and he took that unit there. He took a mass unit in Milwaukee that wasn't ready yet. He made Giannis who Giannis is today. So you got to give kudos to Jason Kidd. He's a very, very sound and intelligent basketball mind. So I don't see it being an issue if 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 he comes aboard. I think that they'll be very successful. Championship level, I don't know. It's about the roster. You know, the coach can get you so far. It's about who you have on that team. But as a Laker fan, I, I don't want Jason Kidd to leave. I would like Jason Kidd to be the successor and be the head coach of my team. But if he decides to go anywhere, I would like to see him in Portland. I really would. In other coaching news... Steve Clifford and the Orlando Magic have agreed to mutually part ways. They are rebuilding. They are revamping that team. And Terry Stotts is definitely a high candidate for this job. There's other candidates as well. Jason Kidd. Um, so there's a lot. There's going to be a lot of job openings open for, for a lot of these coaches. Even the Indiana job I'm hearing may be open with... Uh, Bjorken being, you know, he's on the fence right now. So, you know, it's it's interesting. But but going back to Steve Clifford, decent coach, decent defensive-minded coach. I think he's kind of in that same position that Frank Vogel is in, that his offensive strategies are just not great. His rotations are not that great either. So you're going to have to need a, a very strong voice offensively that can be able to run that offense and somebody that the players can be able to bounce ideas off of because Clifford is really kind of a old-school type of coach. Nothing wrong with that. I just think that, you know, Steve Clifford is a little bit more of, a, of an assistant, more than a head coach. And there's no knock on that. But certain guys just don't, they don't connect well. And I think if Clifford decides to go back as an assistant coach, he will find a great success being on anybody's staff because he's a great defensive mind. But the biggest news that I haven't got to all week, it's been a story in Boston, it's you know, going crazy, that Danny Ainge has finally, finally decided to step down. And I've been calling for this for years. I've been saying this for years, that Danny Ainge has been holding the Boston Celtics back with his poor drafting skills, his inability to make any decent trades. He always has to feel like he won a trade. So if he has all this draft capital and the guy wants to call, oh, no, I'm not going to give up this guy. You need to. No, 
do the big deal. Never Danny Ainge. Never Danny Ainge. So, what did you expect? The roster's bad. The roster was poorly constructed. Jalen Brown goes down. And all of the pressure is on Brad Stevens. So now Brad Stevens burns out. He doesn't want to coach right now. And they elevate him into the president of basketball operations. So there's no head coach right now for this team. And who knows? Maybe Brad Stevens may just do both. He's capable of doing it. But we'll see. If I had to pick, I think he would go outside the box and go get a guy. Maybe, you know, get, get, a, get an established guy. Maybe a Jason Kidd. Maybe he takes a chance on a guy like Chauncey Billups. Maybe he goes to the college ranks and gets a guy like Shaka Smart. Who knows? I like all of those ideas. But the one idea that I love the best is not seeing Danny Ainge as the president of basketball operations anymore. It's great. He can still be a consultant. Do what Jerry West does for the Clippers. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Because it'll give him a chance to stay within the organization. He doesn't have to have the, 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 the hustle and bustle, the stress. Let Brad Stevens deal with that. You're an old man now. Go sit down. Go sit down and cool out. Because over the last few years, you haven't done a good job. You let Gordon Haywood walk for nothing. You let Al Horford walk for nothing. All of these guys could have traded. Could have got something for them. But instead, you allow that money to come off the books. You, you sign Kemba Walker, who clearly has a knee issue. He had a knee issue back then. So you clearly didn't do your research in regards to what's going on with him health-wise. Just a lot of things, man. The drafting, Grant Williams. I like Aaron Neesmith. I like him. But Grant Williams is a bad pickup. There's a lot of other bad pickups that they have. Just doesn't work. This roster just doesn't look good. And it's time for a revamp. It's time for Boston to make some big decisions here and make a big splash. It's time for them to go get a superstar. They have Jalen Brown. They have Jason Tatum. I get all that. But they need a bona fide superstar. They got to do it. It's time. So package off Marcus Smart, some draft picks, whatever you got to do. But it's time for them to get that done. And maybe Brad Stevens is the guy to get it done. So we'll see what happens. But I'm excited for Boston. I think it's I think it's a good time for them right now. Clean slate, fresh start. They can be able to go into a new era with Brad Stevens as the president of basketball operations. Love it. Love it. In other news, though, game one of the second round between the Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks is underway. It is 63-61, to 61, Brooklyn at halftime. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 19 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. Drew Holiday has 12 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. Brooke Lopez has 11-5. Middleton has 8. Even P.J. Tucker's gotten to the scoring ring with 7 points. And for Brooklyn, Kyrie Irving is going off, 20 points in the first half. Kevin Durant's 5-12. for 12. He's struggling a little bit. Blake Griffin has 10-6, which is really, really good. Joe Harris, eight points, two or four from three. But the story is that James Harden played one minute, strained his hamstring, and he's out for the game. This is a concern because hammies don't heal 
in 10 days. I'm just saying. Now, are they going to need him to, to beat this team? You're damn right they're going to need him to beat this team. They played a very good half without James Harden. They're not going to play that same type of half in the second half. I can guarantee it. So expect Milwaukee to really push this into the third quarter. I think Milwaukee ends up taking the lead into the third quarter, into the fourth. And I think Milwaukee steals this game. I think Milwaukee goes ahead and steals home court. And now they have control of the series, in my opinion. I, I, I picked Milwaukee in six. I am not getting off that opinion. Milwaukee is going to win this series. They are, they are not the better team. They are the better constructed team. So that's, that's where I'll go with that. But we're, we're going to see what happens. Maybe Kyrie puts up a 60 spot. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Coming up after the break, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week, on a Saturday. It's all even. This is the God, Jensen Gals. Just want to give a shout out to All Even Podcast, the best sports podcast out there. Keep up the amazing work. Also, check us out at cigarjensengals.com, where everyday apparel for cigar smokers. Let's get it. What's going on? What's up with you? It's your boy, the Candyman, the ALFRE to the D. It's your boy, Alfred, from the Rap Lab Podcast. And it's the one and only True G. Just call me the QG from the Rap Lab Podcast. And you tuned in to All Even with Barry Grant. Boy, that shit crazy. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy, yeah. We pick candidates on Tuesday and Saturday, and then we pick the winner on that Saturday show. So who do we have for our winner today? May I have the drum roll, please? And the winner is... The NFL, the entire NFL, the front office, the NFL is my dummy because they were using this practice called race norming where black athletes that have, you know, some cognitive issues from playing football have to score lower than white players to get the compensation. For benefits, for help. This was a, this is a thing. So these players have been fighting this since the rule came down, petitions and all this, and courts and and finally the NFL caved. They reversed it on on Wednesday, and now that's no longer a thing. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you can't make this up. So if I'm a black athlete and I'm having some mental regression because of all the hits that I take and I took in football and my score comes back and according to my skin complexion, I don't meet the criteria. But if I had the same score and I was white, I would meet the criteria and I'd get money. <laughs> I'd swear to you, when people tell me that you shouldn't put race in everything, I look at those people and say, this is why I do it. You have got to be kidding me. How can you judge two different races differently when they played the same sport and got hit the same? 
Concussions are concussions. Brain damage is brain damage. Lost cells, lost memory, uh, mood changes, all of that stuff happens to black people. And it also happens to white people as well. Shock. Oh, so surprising. What are we doing here? This is why people look at the NFL like it's a it's a slave owner program. It really feels that way sometimes when you hear stories like this. You can you really can't make this up. How dumb do you have to be that this was actually a practice that you put in place and you're for your players? The NFL has billions of dollars, but they're penny-pinching these guys that played the game. Interesting. You know what would be very interesting? If one day people stop watching the NFL. One day people get so fed up with all the bull that happens with the NFL that they stop watching it. That maybe they turn to another league and give that league a shot because that league is way more transparent and the NFL is no more. Wouldn't that be something? And guys like Roger Goodell, all the good old boys that have their teams and now they're, they have to sell because the league has bottomed out. I wonder what would happen. I really do hope that all of these people have contingency plans if they get sick, and, you know, if they don't have the resources that they need to be able to get the treatment that they need, I hope that it doesn't happen to them. Because how they're treating the ex-players, especially the black ones, doesn't look good, does it? When 80% of your league is black. It's really funny. It's really funny that the NFL continues to do this. But you know what happens? The fact that this is such a big machine, this won't be a story in two weeks. Because how we approach this in our society is that we get outraged really, really fast. And then in two weeks, we're not outraged anymore. When this should actually be something that should stay, should be talked about on every news station. It should be highlighted. And the NFL should be embarrassed every time they put out a publication or an advertisement or show their face. That's the way it should be. They should be shamed into apologizing. Because they continuously do stuff like this. And like I said, outraged for a second and it gets pushed under the rug after. I'm not going to let it go. I'll continue to talk about this because the NFL is one of those leagues that as good as it is, as much as it, it, it's employing people, there's a part of me that wants to see it fail. And until they stop doing stuff like this, I don't think that side of me, that little side of me is going to go away anytime soon. This is disgraceful. This is embarrassing. This is something that should never be. But in our society, in life, in America, 
This is the norm. Stuff like this happens all the time. So why should the NFL be exempt? It's run by whites. The same whites who looked at black quarterbacks back in the day and said they, did, they didn't have the mental capacity to play the position. The same whites that couldn't stand the Rooney rule when it happened. All of these things have happened in the NFL. So am I surprised? No. But they should be ashamed. So the entire NFL and all the squares in the front office that are just complete losers. You guys are winners today for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this show. That's all for this week. I'll see you guys on Tuesday. But before I sign out, definitely want to give a shout out to Mike Krzyzewski stepping down from Duke University as the head coach and John Shire is going to become the new Duke head coach next year after next season. So it's a, it's a great time for John Shire and his family. It's a great time for Duke um, that we can be able to celebrate Coach K's last year. Hopefully they have a better year than they did last season. So looking forward to that. But Coach K has been a, a pioneer. He's been an inspiration to a lot of NBA players, a lot of fans. You know, we, we admire that guy. And, and he's done it the right way. And, you know, it's, it's only right for him to step away now. He's been there since the 70s. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's time. So respect and kudos to Coach K. Uh, you will be missed. So until then, stay safe. Stay cool. Peace. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. Listen to the show on Podbeam, Amazon Music, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcast available. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to like, share, and hit that subscribe button. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.